Well, there's been quite a session in the UK with the Bank of England suspending its quantitative tightening and starting to buy up bonds to protect pension funds, some of which are in danger of falling over. Well, the intervention has worked, but has it inspired confidence in the markets? There's a bit more of a risk-on atmosphere. Well, equities in the United States have bounced back anyway. Bond yields are down, but there's really no good news to support it. All the war isn't going away. In fact, there's concerns it's already moved off Ukrainian territory and into the Baltic. But Australia, well, a much better story, it seems. Strong retail numbers yesterday. It's like we're on a different planet, isn't it? Well, we'll find out, won't we? We get some inflation data today and jobs vacancy numbers as well. Both important to watch. It's Thursday, the 29th of September, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, it's been a heck of a session in the UK, particularly in long-end bond yields. We'll look at that today and the intervention of the Bank of England. That intervention has helped bond yields to fall by 50 basis points for 10-year gilts. Still at 4%, though. US 10 years down 24 basis points at 3.71%. Germany and France down around 11 or 12 basis points this morning. Currency-wise, well, the pound has climbed up a little. It's at $1.8.8, but it was down to $1.5.4 before the Bank of England stepped in. That's a rise of 1.4% today. We've seen quite a fall in the US dollar, in fact, down 1.2% on the DXY, with the euro up 1.4%, the Swiss franc up 1.5%, the Aussie up 1.2% at 65.2 US cents. And a boost to equity markets in the US, the NASDAQ and S&P both closed up 2%. The Dow is up 1.9%. Just about the only major stock not doing well is Apple, down 2.6% over expectations of slower sales of their new iPhone. You know what? We've we've already all got one, haven't we? Do we need a new one? And a smaller rise in Europe, but up nonetheless a 0.2% rise in the Eurostox 50 0.3% for the FTSE 100 and 0.4% for the DAX commodities also well up a 4.5% rise in WTI and 3.4% up for Brent getting back up over $89 now so there has been a fair bit going on in London overnight David DeGaris is uh, there for NAB he joins me now so we had Bond yields continuing to rise, particularly at the long end. So 30 years, for example, headed north of 5.1%. I mean, last Thursday, they were a little over 3.5%, so massive rises. That was creating liquidity issues for uh, pension funds, and the danger was that a number of them were going to fall over today. So the Bank of England felt they needed to step in, so they started buying up. Well, first of all, they, they stopped selling their bonds, so they basically put an end to their quantitative tightening temporarily. And uh, they've started to buy up these longer dated bonds. Uh, so, uh, so what? This tell me, this is mm. pension funds basically over leveraging. Is that what the issue was? I, I think that the the thing is, uh, you know, they offered gilts as collateral on on interest rate swaps and the like to do with their pension funds. Uh, Phil, and of course, gilts have been falling in value rapidly uh, over the past couple of days. So. If you offer them as collateral, and obviously the value of that collateral is going down, we need some more, please. So, you know, it's seen some follow-on selling in gilts and sort of just builds on itself. Um, so that was one of element of the dysfunction. And the other was, um, you know, reports, I think you've been talking about it on the podcast, reports of some building societies not being offered, able to offer prices on, home, uh, on fixed-rate loans. So... Um, you know, not knowing from the time they offer a loan to when, you know, they have to finance it, what's going to happen to, to um, yeah. the yields in that just time. Couldn't, just couldn't price it, so they withdrew them. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So so that's that's the lifeblood of, um, mm. of, of credit flowing through the economy. You can imagine sort of probably similar effects for uh, SME finance as well. Yeah, but I mean, but by, this is no 
by any stretch of the imagination resolved, is it? So they're saying for the next 13 weekdays, they're going to buy five billion pounds worth of bonds a day. Uh, so, uh, but I mean, does that really solve the problem? I mean, it's sort of giving the impression, isn't it, that not only is the government flying by the seat of its pants, but isn't the Bank of England doing, <laughs> flying by the seat well, of its pants as well? Well, I, I think that, that was certainly the initial impression that, that sort of uh, some of the stories going around the market, you know, after they announced this, not only are they are not proceeding with QT, they're back on QE again. Mm. And everyone's thinking, well, doesn't that make the inflation problem ultimately worse, worse yeah. in the UK, right? And I t- perfectly understand that. And uh, it, it's an understandable reaction. But at the same time, uh, there is the issue of the dysfunction that they wanted to resolve. So, that, you know, as you'd have seen from the press release, you know, Andrew Bailey took his uh, monetary policy committee hat off and put on his financial policy committee, you know, financial stability. Mm. So certainly those stories were right. You know, we've heard about the mortgage market issue. But as you say, uh, after these big rallies we've seen in the long end of the of the UK gilt market, here we have at the front end, the market is still pricing for what, 5.5% to 6% bank rate. So yeah. that is still there. And of course, we had that very strong statement from uh, from Hugh Pill. Uh, the day before and saying that, you know, it come the November meeting on, on what they know about from the growth plan uh, that would require a significant monetary policy response. So it's giving the government time. Will they step up and take the political pain and row back on those tax cuts? Well, they're, they're saying not, aren't they? I mean, they're, they're holding steadfast so at far. the moment. Yeah, and uh, it would be a big it, climb it, down. Yeah, I think the, 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 one of the pushes might be there, Phil. Uh, you know, if you look at the high-frequency um, polls, um, they're not certainly not going away of, of the new government right now. So that's uh, pretty clear, that, mm. and, and from stories around town, that there's some pressure from other backbenchers uh, to row back on this, you know, for political reasons. And there's nothing like polls to motivate um, politicians with, with, with their policy. So no. um, we'll see. Um, you would hope that if they do it, they do it fairly quickly. Take the, take the political hit from it, move on, say, you know, we're going we're to present it all, you know, in, in the full budget in, in November, uh, our, you know, our position. But for now... The tax cuts have been deferred. Take the political pain from that and move on. Yeah, well, we should move on, shouldn't we? But look, just before we do, I mean, it's very interesting, isn't it, that, uh, you know, the, the, the government there is saying that this is nothing to do with them. It's market volatility uh, that's the cause of this. That's that's why the Bank of England had to intervene. Nothing at all to do with their budget last week. You could mount an argument for that, but at the end of the day, the market is what the market is, isn't it? It's just coincidence. Yeah, it's just bad timing. Uh, look, uh, meanwhile, Europe and the US central bankers still talking it up. Christine Lagarde has said the ECB will have several rate rises before they reach their neutral rate. That's going to be the next three meetings, and that's their first destination, she said. So they're presumably going to go well beyond that. Uh, and we get a European CPI, of course, on, on Friday. So that might influence that uh, that decision as well as to how far they go, because mm, that's not going to mm, be mm. too far short of a two-digit percentage number, is it? No, no. And before that, Phil, we've got the German CPI uh, out later uh, tonight as well. So uh, that will be influenced by the ending of the the €9 railcard in, in part. So you will see the month-on-month figure jump up quite a lot with we suspect, uh, on the back of that. So that, that's clearly a one-off. But nevertheless, inflation figures, you know, super-duper yeah, important. Yeah, and uh, the Fed 
Everyone now ready for 75 basis point next time. Raphael Bostic has been touting that line overnight. He said 75 basis points, pretty much the baseline, then half a point in December. So they're heading towards that top rate of two and a qu- uh, sorry, yes. four and a quarter or four and a half percent uh, and probably staying there till uh, till the end of next year. All of this, I mean, none of this seems like good news to me. It's like saying, well, we're having to go harder. And yet here we are, equity markets bouncing back today. And there is this talk about, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's a bit more risk sentiment. Because, is that because people are looking at the UK and thinking, oh, well, that's been resolved? I mean, surely not, because it's far from resolved in the UK. No, no. Well, I think it's just a, a day-by-day thing, isn't it, that risk mm. sentiment is back and we've seen the dollar the dollar come off and, you know, on the back of, you know, what the Bank of England has done. But if you just looked at all the central bank comments, that's still feeding that a very aggressive policy stance view isn't it globally in right now yeah and uh, oil prices up today some of it is uh, concerns no doubt over those three attacks on pipelines in the baltic which is now being classified as sabotage by russia is the inference obviously putin is saying uh, it's not him what did he say it was stupid do we blame them as stupid yeah that's right but uh, he didn't say it was wrong though did he <laughs> no, it is. no exactly <laughs> stupid to blame me of course it is don't be stupid of course it's me uh, and uh, yeah but i mean if he is attacking infrastructure outside russia that is another dimension to this uh, escalating war and the question is, is what about other ones so we've got this new uh, uh, one from uh, norway uh, to poland haven't we going which goes under the baltic as well it could just as easily have uh, targeted that and that was there to remove the reliance on, on russian gas so maybe that's going to spring an accidental mm. Leak mm. as well. So, I mean, all of this just adds to the, you know, where's, where does all this end? Indeed, indeed. What more can I say? Yeah, well, uh, Ursula von der Leyen's had a bit to say because she's announcing more sanctions. Uh, on Friday, they're going to confirm it, but uh, they're, they're exporting less to uh, uh, to try and help st- uh, stop the Kremlin's war efforts. So semiconductors, aircraft parts, chemicals, uh, also soap and dental floss. And that's quite a long-term strategy, isn't it, if you think they're going to surrender because of body odour and escalating tooth decay. Uh, but good luck with that. Anyway, that's all going to be ratified on Friday. But that's enough about that. Uh, maybe we should look at data, uh, because I know you're very comfortable talking uh, about that. It's a good that. space, Phil. <laughs> all very right. good space. So the housing market in the US... Really starting to slow. Pending home sales down now 2% in one month in August, down 24% year on year. Mortgage applications also uh, well down. Uh, so that's starting to show. Nothing expected there. But what about retail inventories? They're up 0.6% growth in, in one month. Yes. And wholesale inventories up 1.3%. Yes. So that's good, isn't it? I mean, that implies softer demand. That's presumably going to drive prices down. It does. That's, that's a good thing for tackling inflation. It is. I mean, mm-hmm. we've heard these company reports in the US, haven't we, about rising inventories. Now, part of that's a good story, you know, such as in the auto industry, where uh, buyers have got more choice now after, um, after events of the past 12 to 18 months. But part of it is definitely that, you know, demand seems to have come off. Um, question mark still how, how soft is US consumer spending right now um, well, we shall see but in the very short term of course higher inventory it means that it was produced so it sort of in the very near term it sort of technically does add to GDP but it's going to be run down at some stage so positive for this quarter maybe negative for next and in Europe uh, consumer confidence has fallen a bit more than expected in October minus 39 was expected it came in at minus 42.5 I mean this is a, you know a continuation of that story isn't it that Europe you know things are getting worse there and you know that war situation is getting worse as well so that's not really helping but uh, you know that I, we we can expect consumer confidence is going to fall the more the rates go up the more people will be looking at their mortgage and the cost of living and not liking it 
Indeed, and uh, you know, while while the receding oil prices had some short term effect, I mean, all the PMIs, the German IFO surveys, you say consumer confidence were getting these economic sentiment indexes out later today. So I guess it's just going to be confirming the slowdown in Europe, particularly in Germany, but but Europe more generally on the back of this. And of course, we've had more hawkish talk today from central banks about concern about inflation so no respite on the uh, on the rate story although some saying that we're just taking our foot off the gas not putting our foot on the brake just yet but um, to mm. consumers rate rises are still rate rises yeah we've got a mortgage and i think they're getting very concerned about that in europe now uh, and in the uk as well but look australia uh, you know so far avoiding the worst of it and uh, we had uh, yesterday we had uh, retail sales for august they were expected to grow but not as much as they did 0.6 percent month on month which is uh, what they came mm. in at so that was a very strong result wasn't it indeed and i guess we might wonder whether that's prices or volumes, but if it isn't volumes, then it's prices. So you've had 2% or well, 1.9% in two months, Phil. So 1.3 and then 0.6 food retailing up over 1%, 1.1 after 1.2 in July. So, you know, we know, I think we know the food inflation story. So maybe this is the inflation story. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see what the ABS has to say about those July and August CPIs that are coming out um, this morning uh, and what they're suggesting about Q3 uh, inflation and whether the Reserve Bank's forecasts and, of course, market forecasts, whether they're on track or whether it's uh, another upside surprise there. And one thing, you know, the, the Reserve Bank, uh, you know, looks at the, particularly the service sector inflation for signs of, you know, what is that saying about labour costs? Because we know the labour market's still very, very tight in Australia. And, of course, we're going to get those job vacancies too. So quite an important morning for uh, for, for data out in Australia today. Yeah, yeah. All right, we also get uh, inflation for uh, Germany for September. As you mentioned, we get the European Economic Confidence today. Uh, U.S. jobless claims. I mean, they those claims have been falling, of course. Uh, so that's a concern as well. If we uh, if we say it's another sign of tightness in the labour market, and uh, Canada's GDP for July, uh, which is expected to fall a little bit. The other thing that's just happening in the United States as well uh, is that uh, Hurricane Ian has, uh, which is a Category Four here, a hurricane. It, it could upgrade to uh, Category Five. It's just hit landfall uh, in the uh, Tampa area of Florida as well. So uh, we'll see what. Uh, I mean, it's bringing some devastation. What impact that has economically as well? Uh, we'll leave it there for now, though. Good to talk. Uh, we'll see also what the pound does today and what happens to bond yields. Has the Bank of England managed to solve the problem or not? Uh, we'll watch that closely. Indeed, indeed, Phil. We'll see you soon. Cheers. cheers, cheers, Phil. And that is the morning call for this Thursday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again for the last one of the week tomorrow morning. I'll see you then. Have a great day.